Hi guys, if you're like me and you're trying to find a way that you can make your own podcast, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to do that. It's free and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can get money with minimum listenership and everything you need to know is on Anchor. You can download it for free on the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are now tuned in to another episode of the Wine Chronicles podcast with your host, Madison McNeil. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Also, follow us on our Instagram and Facebook page at Wine Chronicles podcast. So grab a glass and sit on your ass. Hi guys and welcome back to Wine Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host Madison McNeil. We have a special guest today. It is AO Second Class McNeil, also known as Taylor McNeil, and she is my sister. <laughs> Hello guys. So it took us a long time to get this uh, together. We did this about how many times? Like four or five times. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I um, am so glad you could join us because I know you just got off of work today and we are three hours off because you are in Las Vegas and I'm in the Carolinas. And so today we just really are going to be, well, first of all, are you drinking wine right now? Yes, I am. Okay, what kind of wine are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking Chardonnay. It's um, Barefoot. That's the brand. Yes. Um, it's not a new wine that I've tried. It's just one of my favorites. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. How about you? Well, I am drinking Barefoot as well because that's like the go-to. I always go into <laughs> CVS and get my wine because I don't want to go nowhere else. If I have to, I'll go on Dollar General. But um, I'm drinking Barefoot. And I drink on the uh, Pinot Grigio because it has the most alcohol in it (laughs) so I always go for the wine that has the highest percentage of alcohol don't judge me but that's what I do (laughs) so before we get into the top well the topic today um you're going to be talking to us about a a little bit about your experience being in the navy and you are now a navy recruiter so you're going to be giving us a little bit of the basic details on uh you know what you have to do to actually begin the process of becoming um uh inducted into the navy i think i'm saying that right but (laughs) After joining, yeah, but you have it, you have it, yeah, enlisting. That's what I was. was Induction, but induction is something with the military, right? Like you have to. It's an induction ceremony, right? Like at the end of it, whenever you graduate, I guess a commencement or something. It's just a graduation ceremony, but it's inducted. I mean, that sounds very formal. Yeah. I mean, I take it, whatever. Yeah. So, 
we are going to talk about that after. Um, if you are using Spotify, you will be listening to this next song. Taylor, do you have a request that I should put for our Spotify users? A song, any song, your favorite song. Oh, my favorite song. I mean, no, I, I have <laughs> I have a lot of favorite songs. Um, it'll well, I like Candy Rain by Sulphur. That's my ultimate favorite song. But okay, yeah, I'll I'll just go with that. So we will be playing Candy Rain by Sulphur Real. Uh, for the Spotify users, if you are not using Spotify, uh, for our other platforms, you will be listening to these messages after. The break, we will get back into the topic of being in the Navy. Okay. Juan Chronicles podcast will be back after these messages. Hi, guys. Real quick. If you're interested in having your business or music promoted in one of my episodes of Juan Chronicles, email me at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Um, we're back, and I hope you guys like that song. Uh, that is a childhood song of ours. I remember listening to that. The first time I ever listened to that song is whenever we was at my aunt uh, Gina's house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the first, you know, like she had the records. We listened to that. We always, we would stay over there. In the summertime when my dad had to uh, go to work, my mom had to work. So we would stay over there, like, basically from, like, morning time <laughs> to, like, even, late evening time. Yeah. And, unfortunately, my aunt passed away. But, you know, we have so many crucial memories growing up um, being with her and being with our cousins. And, like, that's Shout just, out like, Michael Marcus. Yeah, Michael Marcus. <laughs> I hope they are able to listen to this podcast, but <laughs> we will get this out and everybody will be able to listen to it because it's going to be a very, very interesting podcast. Mm-hmm. Not only because of the significance of people being able to learn a little bit more about the Navy, but also because, you know, you get to know, like, a little bit about our background, but we'll have, like, a, a part two of this, and you won't be talking about the Navy, but we'll be talking about, like, maybe, like, childhood memories or something like that. <laughs> and, yeah, that would be great. Yes. Like, with all of us, me, you, Matt, uh, Tom, and Tyrese. Yeah, Tyrese already said, he was like, you know, I already know I'm about to be on the next podcast. And I said, <laughs> okay, we'll have a little conversation for you about basketball or some, or some topic that you are interested in, but... Right now, so basically, the the questions that you know that I had, you know, you can you can answer them if you want to. I don't know if you have. Like I already asked you, you uh, gotta be a little bit more um, on record with like the questions and the answers mm-hmm. and stuff like like that. So the first question that I have for you was like, so what led you to enlisting in the Navy, and did you initially have any fears? So what led me to join the Navy, um, by the way, I didn't get a chance to like write down answers to these questions. <laughs> so we just going to wing it because yeah. I got busy at work. Okay. <laughs> so what led me to join the Navy is I'm naturally a homebody. Yeah. So I knew that I would not get out and push myself to do anything other than go to work and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I need that extra, you know, fire under my ass to do it um, and to travel. And I didn't have any plans out of high school, right out of high school. So I was like, that's my best 
bet. Um, and then, yeah, I had fears. I had never been away from home for more than like a week right. before I joined. Never been on a plane. Had to get on a plane to go to boot camp. Yeah. So I was nervous about that. I didn't even, I ain't work out before boot camp. I didn't learn how to swim before boot camp. And that was all in the back of my mind. But I was like, I'll be damned if I stay <laughs> in boot camp longer than I need to. So I pushed through and, you know, passed. But that was basically a fear and the fear of the unknown. Everyone always, you know, they're scared to just get up out the nest. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I'm, I'm a homebody, so I understand. But I don't understand. Like, the only thing I had to do was, like, leave and go to college. And I mm-hmm. stayed there for like a semester. And I was like, no, nope, I'm going back home. <laughs> like, but the fact that she was able to like branch out and just like get out of your comfort zone like that is a, a real big thing that some people cannot do because you grow up in a small city. Like we had, we was the small town of Gastonia or mm-hmm. uh, Gaston County. You, you really just want to like, you know, do the normal and just stay within your means and be mm-hmm. um, as close as possible to you know the people that you know but if you get out there like you you're you know networking you're experiencing so many things and you're getting to see so many new places so that's a really really great thing so the next question is how was your boot camp (laughs) um my boot camp was um boot camp is two two months long right now it's an extra two weeks quarantine in hotel but it's typically two months long Mm -hmm. it was it felt like a month maybe because everything was going so fast yeah um but it was it's just mental it's all mental um I did have to keep walking to I took swim classes two times a day in the dead of the winter so we walked there and it was about like two miles mm-hmm. we had to walk there they wouldn't even let me dry my hair after the swim sessions oh wow so, so we like walking back and I'm like freezing um but if I did know how to swim boot camp would have been cool yeah you know it's been like okay yeah this is annoying them telling me what to do every five seconds but it's doable but that dag um the swim that was that made it worse because then when i'm at swim the other people in my division are learning shit that now i gotta catch up on yeah so that that was the hard part about it but overall it's fine it's not it's not tough like a marine boot camp or anything like that but it's it's just all mental. Yeah. So the swimming with the having to go back with your hair wet and then you're in Chicago in December. So that mm-hmm. brings me to the question of tell us about the time that I already know the time when you told me that you got strep throat because that's like a a, a childhood thing that you get. But you got strep throat while you were in boot camp in Chicago in December. Yep. So how did you <laughs> make it through that period? Um, so I got strep throat. So the, the thing is you get sick in boot camp, you go to medical, Yeah, you know, and they're always like, they're going to put your health before anyone else's. But the thing is, in my mind, I said, okay, look, I'm sick as hell. I, I got a fever. I already know I got a fever. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm already behind on learning things I need to learn, like Navy knowledge wise. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, cause I'm going to swim. And then if I go to medical and say, I got strep throat. Uh, they're gonna lay me down, like make me sick in quarters, which is SIQ for about two, two, three days. I'm gonna have to stay in my rack the whole time. Can't move, can't do anything. I said, Oh hell no! I kept going, <laughs> and I was like, I'm talking about shaking and all. Like it was rough. Wow. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not staying in boot camp longer 
then I have to. Not yeah. blowing the knees too much. No, I'm good. So I freaking, I just pushed through that shit, man. I was like, I can't, I can't tell nobody because I don't want to stay here longer. If that means I got to suffer for like a week, mm-hmm. which I did, that's just what I'm going to have to do. And that's one thing, like, I commend you on that because that shows, like, how strong you had to be because, you, first of all, you're in so-and-so degree weather, uh, <laughs> like, in comparison to, you know, regular North Carolina weather, you're in Chicago, so that's, like, crazy degrees in the wintertime, and then you got, you're sick, and then you're swimming, and you can't dry your hair, your hair is still wet, so that's, like, like, so many things on top of so many other things and you was able to like persevere and show true strength through that so that lets people know like you can get through it and Mm -hmm. it's not you know if it's not for you then you know it's not for you but if you feel like you have that that willpower to push through something you know then your story is a a great story to tell that you know you can get through it if you are down so what so I know you was telling me, and I feel like other people need to hear that. <laughs> the, <laughs> but I don't know if you can say like the scare tactics if that's gonna throw off like the. <laughs> I I think uh, you might want to keep that to this, yeah, their self or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we as recruiters, if they're going through the process, of course we're gonna let them know like before they leave to boot camp, mm-hmm. like okay, they might say this, but you know it ain't really like that for real or to the extent that they say something um so yeah it but we usually just tell that people the people like who about to go to boot camp um but you gotta take that step and go into your office going through the process first because i ain't gonna let you know something because half of these people are not qualified to join right right it's only what it's only one percent of the world can join the military in general not even just the navy just in general yeah so it's like you know, I want. I'm not gonna waste my time with you until I know you are qualified. Definitely. Right. Right. Um, so or yeah. until you get qualified. So you so have yeah, to know is, that. Uh, you have yeah. to know the scare tactics. Uh, if you if you Sorry, get buddy. to know the scare tactics, that means that you're in the process of becoming a neighbor. So you can't have it privilege privilege <laughs> here on this podcast mm-hmm. right now. So <laughs> so. What were okay? So you were living in so many different conditions. So you was living in a boot camp lifestyle. You was living in the on the ship life, and then you was living on um, the base. So what are mm-hmm. what was the difference between those three different um, um, uh, living conditions? Um, boot camp. I mean, it was obviously weird because you know you used to sleeping in your own bed. Um, you're not you sleeping with. 50 other females in the same room as you or yeah. anything like that but the living conditions was it wasn't bad um it was very clean just because you know you have so many people in the in the room with you or in the big open we call it a compartment mm-hmm. so you got to keep it clean and guess who was the ones cleaning it it was us so yeah. um it wasn't it wasn't horrible you know um and then going to um bait living on base i lived on a couple bases um it's just like a dorm style type living you know everybody living on the base they got stores they got bowling alleys um, bars and things like that Mm -hmm. um but usually you're living with another person in that small room with you um just like a dorm you know that's the um that's what i reference it to Mm -hmm. um and living on the ship 
<laughs> yeah. Living on a ship is very interesting because you are never alone. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. Even when you go to the bathroom, guess what? It's like an open bathroom. I mean, they got stalls and stuff, but you go in the shower, you, it's, you're never alone. Yeah. Ever. Um, And I also noticed you're never in the dark either because you got, if it's dark, if it's at nighttime, we have what we call red lights. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we got everything on the ship is metal. You don't want to <laughs> be walking around in the dark. Anyway. Yeah. You know, hit, you know, hit something, um, fall down a ladder well, which is our stairs that we call um, ladder well. So it was very different. I think the best part about it was we, I got close with a whole bunch of people because when you out there, y'all all, y'all like each other is all y'all got. Mm-hmm. So you build these bonds with these um, random people. Um, that was the best part. Worst part, you you can't well how do I say this? You can't um you can't make you can't force people to be clean. Yeah. If that it's, it's like, um, first of all, <laughs> I seen you get off work and you did not take a shower. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> Redirect your ass right, to the shower. Right. right? Um and, and that's pretty much it. Like, you just can't force it. You can voice it. Mm-hmm. But that don't mean that they're going to actually do it, you know? Yeah. So that was the worst part. And, you know, just how people were raised if you weren't, weren't um, raised on, like, keeping your area clean. Because now your area is turning into my area. Yeah. Yeah. You're this area clean up. That's all. <laughs> that's all. You know? Um, but it was, it was interesting. But I didn't mind it because it was just like taking a little taxi over to other different countries all i gotta do is do my job every day mm-hmm. and then get out we pull into port france singapore dubai bahrain and i get four days you know to go travel stay if i want to stay in my hotel the whole time which i did in the philippines mm-hmm. uh, that's what i'm gonna do you know so what but i think it's dope you think it's what i say i think it's dope yeah it is it's um, a a great um way to in the like uh you know take away the whole working and uh, not being alone but you get the you know you have a, a lot of perks and the positive sides of being on the um on a, a ship of that size yep. and going different places like that because mm-hmm. literally like while you're on deployment deployments can range from three months seven months or eight eight months mm-hmm. um i was on two seven month ones uh like two and a half years apart but the crazy thing is we complain like dang i'm tired of seeing your face yeah and then like we get off deployment and we're literally like texting each other every five seconds (laughs) yeah and like trying to like stand at work late because you get used to it you know you get used to seeing it you grow you build those bonds Mm -hmm. god forbid someone transfers and then it's just like oh i know you know it's annoying but they eventually be your family you know type of of course yeah yeah and um so you told us how long you usually stay at, or how long you personally stayed at sea. And so what was mm-hmm. your job like? Um, what did you have to do on the boat or on the ship? Um, my job is my, my, my job. Um, I was squadron based. So that means I was not directly um, stationed on a ship mm-hmm. until they pulled out to sea. That's when I would go, um, go with the mm-hmm. ship. I would pack up all my stuff and then go to the ship and stay on the ship for however, however long. Mm-hmm. Um, but my job is the same on the boat or on land. Um, I'm an aviation ordnance man, so I deal with all explosives, um, machine guns, the rounds for the machine guns. I can break down the 
M240 or GAL21, which is machine guns, um, break it down, clean it, put it back together, um, function checks to make sure it's good. Um, also inspect um, rockets, torpedoes, uh, shoot, missiles, all that. Um, I can inspect it, load it, download it, all that um, into a helicopter. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was my job, which initially I was like, with these nails, no, I'm good. <laughs> But but I um I grew to love it because AOs were very prideful. Like we're like we if you ain't ordinance, you ain't shit. Like that's literally our slogan, our saying. We get a lot of shit for it because we walk around, we just like we we the yeah. shit. Right. So because um, you're dealing with explosives, you're dealing with something that's yeah. like potentially dangerous. So you have to have a lot of guts to take to do that type of job. So yeah, of course I will walk around feeling that same way too. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally, but it's like an ongoing joke, like where the, um, I don't know, like you don't have to score a, a great ASVAB to um, be an mm-hmm. AO, but at the same time, like y'all trusting us with these weapons. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, don't even, don't try to talk shit, but they do, but it's it's an ongoing thing in the Navy. Everybody talks shit about everybody. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. job. So it's kind of, it's like a joke, it's a joking manner, but um uh AOs are definitely the <laughs> <in> AO. <laughs> so what was the what's something that you like um or something you heard or something um so dealing with the explosive what's the worst thing that has happened um to you <laughs> dealing with those uh dealing with that type of job um the worst thing to ever happen uh, probably be my last deployment, which was last year. Um, la- well, two thousand eight, two thousand nineteen. Um, we were low. We were. It's very fast paced. You moving fast, moving fast, yeah. moving fast. So we were loading a live um Hellfire missile, AGM one fourteen, and um, my friend, one of my best mm-hmm. friends, she will remain nameless. <laughs> um. <laughs> She freaking she I was I was the quasi inspector so that's the top um, quality you can get I'm a quality assurance safety mm-hmm. server basically that's what it is I'm there to make sure everything goes properly so she had her it's two take two people to load the 100 pound it's 100 pound well 99 pounds but whatever we loading it on the, the missile mm-hmm. launcher she holding it I'm like everybody good knows you good which is the top of that missile she said she good tell you good that's the back of the missile. The the other girl said she good. All right, on y'all's count, you know, step load, do what you yeah. gotta do. But I, I free, I I was moving to the back to like kind of spot them a little bit. So in my transfer, my trans, for not transformation, what's the word? My in my in my movement, mm-hmm. I went I went across or yeah, went across the um, to get in the back of them. AL one, well, yeah, AL one moved, and then in that little second, all I hear is a drop, and I was like, "What the?" <laughs> so I looked, the whole missile on the ground, live missile on the ground. <laughs> so we were like, and then it fell on my friend's hand, and oh, so no. she, they, pick, I'm like, I said, pick it up. I'm like, pick it up, you know? Yeah. But because at the time, all I'm thinking about, pick this up, put it back on the skid. I was, well, we ain't touching it. We not loading it. And she, it fell in her hand, so they pick it up because I think they was just like a shock mm-hmm. to everybody. And so I guess when she picked it up, that's when the pain started in her hand. 
and she was like crying. So obviously I take control of the the top of the missile. Um, she goes medical. Da, da, da. So that was probably the worst. She dropping that live missile on the flight deck. <laughs> you got everybody all eyes on you, and we drop a whole lot. Yeah, missile. I'm the I'm the quasi. I'm in charge of the evolution, and she drop it, and I was like, "Fuck, here we oh, go. Wow. Here, here we go." <laughs> Yeah, you know? <laughs> here we go. But um, she was all right. The missile, we just we didn't use it because it was all dented mm-hmm. up. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we use it? I don't, I don't remember. But um, I, I think we didn't because it was live. Um, but yeah, that was the worst part. The other other stuff just small, like you know, I might drop a machine gun in my hand, or yeah, but, or break a nail or something like that doing maintenance. But that was probably the worst. Oh yeah, I I could I can't imagine. I would be like literally terrify every mm-hmm. single day at work like I because you never know like it that's that's yeah. the craziest thing that you could possibly think about doing every day you know in comparison to just going and working at a office job or working at a manufacturing job or you know any other you know normal job you don't under, you don't really realize the jobs that military people have to do and most of it is really, really dangerous, especially if you are, you know, out there in wars and stuff like that. But the other ones are as uh, pretty much the same, too. So my other question, well, one of my other questions was, um, so where were, I know some people will do want to know, like, where are all the places that you've traveled on the ship? Um. I'll probably miss a couple, but I know my first ever port was Guam. Mm-hmm. Pulled it there. Um, Guam. My first deployment: Guam, Singapore, uh, Korea, Philippines, Hawaii twice. Okay. Um, uh, that might be for my first deployment. That might be. It. I might have forgot one or two, but um, the other one, my last most recent deployment, um, that was the most. Uh, the best one, I think, because it was we went to Singapore. Um, so I had been to Singapore twice. We went to Thailand. Oh. We went to uh, shoot, um, Thailand. Oh, Dubai, Bahrain, oh, wow. France, and uh, I don't remember. I know it was another one, but yeah. So that's the places that I did. You go to very, Tokyo. Very, Oh, okay. No, 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 no! I've never been to um, Japan. I haven't been to Tokyo or Japan okay. uh, yet. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, eventually, I will. I don't want to be stationed there because we do have a base mm-hmm. there. Um, I don't want to be stationed there. I just want to. Yeah, because I know. Um, I know it was a huge culture shock to go to those different places because most of those places are. Um, I don't know um, the type of. Ec- ethnicity but you know Singapore Mm -hmm. Guam and all of that like that just seemed like you know it's a whole other ordeal out there but I'm pretty sure they have like maybe like a McDonald's or something but with a few different oh yeah everywhere everywhere had McDonald's and strangely enough everywhere had a TGI oh really and I didn't know yeah I didn't know that that was um, uh, such a big chain, but yeah, almost everywhere had those places. They have like the regular American. A lot of places are very yeah, Americanized. Now. So that's how it's it, it's still like a culture culture shock, and it's a yeah. language barrier. Um, 
but it's still a good time because you know you hit the bars you're trying to like in the middle of nowhere you're trying to get back to the hotel room but they don't Mm -hmm. know what you're saying but that just makes for good stories after you get out and most of them probably are (laughs) probably sitting there trying to learn English because they have Navy Mm -hmm. so many uh, American people or Navy people coming to their you know country or island so they they some of them probably already already are already like you know um what you call it um groomed they are yeah, groomed to know yeah. and groomed to you know take you guys off and tour and be like a tour guide to you all yeah, oh, yeah. so Definitely. yeah so if you could if you had to choose again would you choose being in the navy like if you was back in high school and you was going I mean if you had you know a decision if you was going to go to college or go to Navy would you choose what would you choose I would choose the Navy because I'm I was not one of those gifted people Mm -hmm. in high schools who got straight A's and a scholarship so that wasn't Mm -hmm. me I would choose the Navy again because of all the benefits um all the benefits and just like the traveling and I can go to school like they're going to pay for my 100% yeah. school so I can get a degree without racking up all that debt um, so I would definitely choose the Navy again um, college is just not was not in my mind um, when I got okay, yeah. so and I can understand that because you know the Navy has a lot of perks too but you just got to get through like that difficult time just like in college you know you got to get through that difficult time and then you'll get your perks afterwards you know if you play your cards right mm-hmm. and same with every other job there is so if you get out of school and work a job and you work your way up you got to play your cards right to get those perks in the long run um so what are some things mm-hmm. So for the people as a, so we're talking to you as a recruiter. So like, what are some, give us like the, the short version of the rundown of some of the things you have to do before you enlist and, um, and before you consider joining the uh, military or the Navy. Um, you have to, I mean, baseline have all your, like your social security card, birth certificate, high school diploma or GED. We accept GEDs. Um, and be within height and weight standards. So the more that I stay in recruiting, I see uh, you usually get the people that cannot pass the ASVAB. So you have to know how, like, at least be able to get a 31 or above out of a mm-hmm. 99. You have to pass the ASVAB. You have to pass a, a physical, basically, like a sports mm-hmm. physical. Um, and that, like, that's the basic. Have all your personal documents and be able to pass the ASVAB in the uh, physical portion of it before you eat like don't even like don't even come in my office if you ain't got your documents or you don't you ain't in height and weight standards or you dumbest rock basically to be you know playing about it and you score like a 7 on the ASVAB do not (laughs) (laughs) do not study first you know when you walked in my office you knew you could right you knew it right so you know study up study up and just be in height weight standards have your documents and we'll you know we'll work with you that's easy mm-hmm. easy day just do you have to start with yourself be like prepare yourself first 
and I can help you through uh, everything else. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's a good rundown for people that need to at least know before they go into a recruiting office. If you're not, if you're in another country, you know, if you're in another state, because right now you are in, um, so you would be, you know, talking to, if I have some people from Las Vegas here that, um, or Nevada that can yeah, do, do all, all those things. things and stuff because I have so <laughs> many different. I have people from Canada and stuff, and it, it say United States, but I can't at least tell like the states. I just see like regions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, if you are thinking, that's yeah, dope. so if you are thinking about being in, you know, the Navy or any type of military branch, you have to like go over those things. Make sure you have all of those qualifications, and make sure you're really, really. um passionate or you are serious about being in the military because it's it's not it's not for everybody you know you have to have a certain mentality you have to have a certain type of um strength inside of you to be a part of the military a military branch and um also also go in there with an open mind like show up to a recruiting office with an open mind on what jobs that you want because some jobs every we get I want to be in Navy yeah too. yeah no you you not gonna <laughs> like no no you know and there we call it job lock job lock on a job I don't walk you ha, I don't walk into a place and Walmart and be like I want to be the supervisor and it's right like, like no you don't so it's the same thing don't walk in there Walk in the, in your in the whatever nearest recruiting office near you and be like, I want this. Be open to every job because at the end of the end of the day, you can still do any job that you want. Mine is like seals, you know, like special warfare. You can still go train with whatever rate or whatever job that you want to mm-hmm. do. You just your primary job is whatever you enlisted. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. that's the thing too. Just keep an open mind because or don't don't come like I want to be a doctor. Okay, good for you, but you know, like, keep an open mind because we don't control that. It's what the Navy needs and what you qualify for. Because every job, every rate is not available 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's another thing. Just be open to everything. Everybody is CPR qualified. Everybody in the Navy know how to fight a fire. We all get trained on that in boot camp. You know, so the main things that people want to do, everybody knows how to do. Yeah. You know, (laughs) so... Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, um, the audacity <laughs> of this. <laughs> but you know, we just be like, if you, oh, I straight up tell you, when you come to my office, um, are you open to all jobs in the right? Day? If you say no, I just want this one. I'm not working with you because I can't guarantee that it's going to be yeah. available to you or that you even qualify. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I want to go home after my after I'm done at work. I don't, I'm not trying <laughs> to waste my time. You know, I'm twenty. Am I twenty four? Yeah. yeah, I'm twenty four. Mm-hmm. Twenty four years old. I'm still young. I want to, you know, go out and do things on the weekends. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that is the just of that. Like that is the most. That's the the better understanding that you can get into. You know, just think about it. If you are set dead set on a job that you want, 
you might want to think about maybe going to college and getting a job instead of, you know, <laughs> wanting to go yeah. into the Navy and, you know, with your hopes up or high for that particular yeah. job because, you know, you're kind of like playing Russian roulette with that. But, um, yeah, yeah, so we're going to get into another um, song. Do you have any other, like, another song that you might want to add to this segment or... Um, I oh um, dang, what's that song by Nipsey Hussle? I forgot it. Um, I want to. It ain't hustle and motivate, but it or oh motivation. motivation. Okay, so we're gonna yeah. get into this song by Nipsey Hussle called Motivation for our Spotify users. This is exclusively on Spotify. So if you are an anchor user or any other platform you will be listening to the messages that um follow this little break that we are going to have but after this break we will get into the scary story segment and then we'll end the podcast so guys this is again nipsey hustle motivate motivation Motivation. (laughs) guys we are back on wine chronicles podcast for our spotify users i hope you guys like that song that we just played for you for our Anchor users. I hope you guys download a Spotify because I know you want to listen to music <laughs> during my show. Um, but right now we are going to get into our scary story segment. So this is the segment that I'm going to use with all my special guests during the month of October because um, Halloween is coming up. So I'm going to read a scary story. Most of these scary stories are not scary to me and I feel like they are long-winded they get into too much detail in my previous um, previous episode of my podcast the scary stories segment I didn't think none of those were scary but we're gonna read this one and I'm gonna see if Taylor thinks that any of these are scary uh first let's see Taylor how many glasses of wine have you had (laughs) oh shit I ain't even finished the first one I was (laughs) so I ain't trying to get drunk. Okay, yeah, so this is the Wine and Down Chronicles. We do this during the weekday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's it's basically, you know, one glass. So, you know, we try to okay. we try to just wind down and listen to the podcast and then maybe go to sleep or whatever. Or you're uh, drinking your wine and um, taking a bath or something. Because like, I like to do that. Anyway, so this scary story is called The Crib Shadow. All right. I was babysitting my niece once while I was staying at my brother's place and they had the baby camera set up so I could see her on the little TV it came with. I was studying and started dozing off when I heard some whispering and realized it was coming from the monitor. I initially thought it was some feedback or something, but when I looked at the TV, there was a dark shadow near my niece's crib. Okay, this is a little scary. I have never been more terrified in my life, but the shadow was clearly there where it had not been before. I ran to my niece's room and looked around and saw nothing, but I took her the hell out of there. So you should have. I went back to the TV. The shadow was clearly gone. I told my brother what happened. He pulled me aside and told me not to mention it to my sister-in-law because she'll freak out. But that he has seen the same thing several times now with the same whispering. They stayed in that house for more than four more years. And when my niece was just learning to walk, she would tell mom about her special friend. To this day, it scared the shit out of me when they moved out. My brother told me my niece had become inconsolably sad because she could 
because she would miss her friend. Her mom would tell her she could bring him along, but all she would say was that he couldn't leave the house. We have never to this day told her about the damn shadow she apparently never saw. I think that's, you know, that's a little scary, whatever. Boo-hoo. First off, I would have said, fuck them kids. All right? Um, but I'm not a mother, so <laughs> shout out to you and Tommy uh, for being yeah. here. But if y'all ever leave me with y'all's <laughs> children and I see a shadow, yeah, it's another thing. Uh, it's right. fight or flight. I hope Andre can uh, fight because Andre this, has right? looked up the stairs a couple times, but I think he just looked up the stairs to see if like the door is open or closed, and then he'll go up the stairs and close the door. But my thing is, boy, why you keep looking up the stairs like that? Like if somebody up there, because mm-hmm. I be watching all these scary movies. Like you cannot do this to me because I will take you out of here <laughs> and I will move out. Like I'm not playing them <laughs> games, boy. No, no, no. It's the first you. time you tell me you got an imaginary friend, it's it is over with. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. <laughs> but Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time out with us to talk about um the Navy and talk about your experience. And I hope anybody who was listening today or tonight would be able to, you know, get a little bit of clarity if they was thinking about ever joining the military. And I hope you guys enjoy the conversation that we had. <laughs> of course, no problem, no problem. All right, guys, and make sure you like, rate, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or favorite on Anchor Podcasts or follow me on Spotify Podcasts also. And guys, uh, follow... Taylor on her Instagram, which is xo dot l i l m a c, and be sure to tune in on Sunday for our scary movie Sunday. And thanks so much, guys, for listening. And I'll chat with you soon. is Madison. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wine Chronicles. I really enjoyed chatting with you all and if you haven't listened to previous episodes make sure you do so. Check back on Sundays through Fridays for brand new episodes where we talk over a glass of wine. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wine Chronicles Podcast and you'll see what topics we will discuss. Chat with you soon.